Hello divine souls, Jamila Bernie here with Becoming the Big Me. I'm so excited for this special segment of the Becoming the Big Me podcast. This section of the podcast is dedicated towards sharing the stories of conquest for some incredible individuals. They are also featured in my latest book, Becoming the Big Me, The Great Conquest. In this section of the podcast, we will dive deep into each of their stories and their journeys and their hardships from addiction, PTSD, loss of loved ones and children. This segment of the podcast is dedicated towards sharing their stories and and sharing their journeys, not only of the hardships, but sharing how they overcame. To learn more about the authors behind the stories that you are going to hear, go to thegreatconquest.com. And if you would like to purchase a copy of The Great Conquest book, you can go to bit.ly slash greatconquest. And without further ado, let's dive into the amazing journeys. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Becoming the Big Me podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Bernie, and I'm so incredibly excited because I have an amazing guest with me here today. Tanya Milano-Snell is a mindfulness and yoga instructor who helps parents holistically heal from the inside out. She grew up with parents that were stressed out and always on the verge of snapping. She ended up trapping stress inside of her body. After learning some tools that has helped her on her healing journey, she has become very passionate about sharing this knowledge to other families throughout her work. Her journey hasn't always been easy, however, but she has continued to get up time after time. I'm so excited to be able to share with you guys Tanya's story. Hey, Tanya, thanks so much for coming on. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Can you give everyone a little bit of your backstory? Sure. Thank you for that introduction. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you described the backstory a bit. I grew up in a stressful household. I was the oldest of five children, um, working class. My dad was a stonemason. He kind of forged his own way. Um, My mom wanted to be the best mom she could be. And that was really her dream is to be a mom. Um, And stress, stress took over income, low income was really difficult. Um, My dad had struggled with alcoholism. So as the oldest, I took on a lot of the pressure of taking care of the peace, taking care of my siblings. And I really just did not see that as much of a problem growing up until um, I became an adult and realized that the stress doesn't really go anywhere and it's always there in my body. And after I went through a series of deaths, uh, as an adult, it resurfaced in a really big way for me. And, um, that's kind of that trauma that is in the body. It kind of resurfaced through, the death of my mother-in-law first, and then the death of both of my parents within six months of each other, 
the cancer. I had a one-year-old and a five-year-old at the time. I was the oldest, right? Like I said, so I went through all of the steps of taking care of their, what they needed to take care of mm. um, with their health. And then with the death and all the things that come with taking care of what needs to be done after their death. Um, yeah. And that's, and, then, and that's a lot to, that's a yeah. lot of stress to take care of all of the, the final, uh, paperwork and having to go through all of their files and all of their bills. That's a lot to take on. Yeah. And you know, when you're in that survival mode, which is kind of where I was as a child, it was very familiar to me mm-hmm. that driven responsible one, um, that's, that that's very familiar. So I plowed right through it. The unfamiliar part came after, um, probably a year, um, or two after when, uh, the emotion surfaced that I didn't allow myself time to deal with. And that my husband became very, very sick with an autoimmune disorder and having him be really, really sick in the hospital, I, uh, you know, kept that, kept that um, familiar way of, I got to get the things done. I got to take care of the kids. You know, the house has to keep going and running smoothly. And that day he was coming home from the hospital. Um, I broke down. I had had, my body had had enough. I realized things were going to have to change. We were going to have, I was going to have to take care of myself in order to make sure the family is taken care of. I took on a lot of guilt for my husband's um, illness and realized, you know, mamas don't need to hold this guilt and that I need to start putting myself first. Um, So that was a real turning point for me. And so up until that point, you had been really, it sounds like serving everyone else except for yourself since you were a child yeah and we're taught we're taught that as children right you you put other people's first um nobody tells you to be selfish no one tells you to take care of yourself and that's just kind of our culture is to teach kids to put other people's uh, needs first and as a teacher um a preschool teacher for years I was developing, I was helping kids develop their self-awareness that they do have their own needs. And um, I really feel that that's been a part of me um, from an early age, but because of life's like journey and stress and and uh, ups and downs, it got really clouded until it was like in my face, I gotta deal with it or I'm not going to be okay. And, and that was, that was when you were dealing with the loss and your husband's diagnosis. Yeah. I, um, I kept going through with the work, you know, as a mom, uh, I, mom is really important to me as well. I value that attachment, parenting, gentle parenting, social, emotional development, And so I saw the need to be with my kids as much as possible. Mm -hmm. However, I really enjoy having my passions and my purpose, my career, and was having a hard time juggling the two of those. Uh, So 
I left the teaching field um, kind of mid-year because I was becoming a really angry mom, a really angry teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I did not like that. And it was a part of me I, I kind of stuffed down for years and years um, and realized I needed a change. <laughs> I went down the path of teaching yoga to kids mm. after that. And was that what, what sparked that idea? Was it just kind of like, okay, I just need a drastic <laughs> change or? That's a really good question. I, um, I had been teaching yoga in my classroom quite a bit because yoga is something I discovered at the age of 18. And I went to college. I uh, was always curious about yoga, mindfulness. I developed a practice and it really changed the way I related with my mind and my body. And it became something that I knew I needed throughout my adult years. And if I had learned those skills earlier, even awareness of your breath, mm. um, uh, I found that if I had learned those as a kid, I would have had a bit better time dealing with stress and I started introducing it to my students. And then when I knew I needed a shift out of the classroom, I looked into teaching kids yoga um, as an option and got a, I got a certification in a weekend. It's really, really fun um, teaching the kids the yoga. And yeah. I have videos I've made and I have a yoga club as well online, um, like a family club that people can join into. Yeah, and just the connection um, of getting to know your own body. I feel like for children, uh, especially children that are dealing with some amounts of trauma, uh, I know I trapped a lot of that trauma in my body too. And yoga is such a powerful tool to move the energy. Yes, for real. And um, until... I went through my, you know, like you said, trauma from childhood, it's real, it's there and you, and you don't know anything to compare it to because that was kind of your normal growing up. Mm. Um, and then as you, if you have another traumatic event like I did as an adult, it's suddenly like, I mean, you, you read about post-traumatic stress or right. complex traumatic stress. It, it kind of, it, exaggerates that stress response in your body. And I had to kind of dig deeper in that moment and realize I need a daily practice. I need daily uh, connection to my body. And you read about, well, oh, just do your deep breathing exercises, right? Everybody knows, oh, just do your breathing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of become this cliche thing um, but really, there are so many breathing exercises out there that can be so beneficial. And it just takes some intention setting, like you said, to be aware of our body and never have done it until adulthood. It can be really tricky to start 
a practice like this. Isn't well, it wonderful that the kids can just become more aware? My kids are already aware of their breathing. That's amazing. I'm curious, Tanya, when you were um, really diving into this practice, was it uncomfortable? Was it hard? Was it uncomfortable for you to sit through a, a, a practice, to sit through a session? Um. Yeah, I mean, I've got, it's, it's like building a muscle. They call, you know, we call it yoga practice or mindfulness practice for a reason. Mm -hmm. You have to practice. And the first, I mean, even after going, um, you know, a week or two without uh, practicing sometimes, it's very difficult to get back into the body because we are very much in our mind, right? And so for me, I'm an overthinker. Um, I, you know, if you tell, if you tell me to sit down and meditate, I actually have to have something to focus on. There are so many different types of meditations out there and to get back into the body is my easiest way. So awareness, you know, just bringing my awareness to my breath or um, the feeling in my feet. Uh, and that, that's really where kids are too, is let's think about our hands for a minute, you know, like how, how do you, how many people do that throughout the day? Oh, I have hands. Let's think about it. It really is more simple than we make it out to be. Yeah. And, and is that something that you kind of realized as you were implementing the practice? Because I know when I first started, I was like, I have to, you know, meditate for half an hour every single day. And I got myself like caught up that if I missed it, then I was stressed out even more. Did you find yourself through any of that at the beginning of your journey? Yeah, I'm, I have a tad um, perfectionist in me. So um, I, I was beating myself up over not practicing on the mat, right? Like I need to do it every day or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, not feel good. And, um, yoga doesn't need to be, a, you know, 30 minutes on the mat. doesn't even have to be five minutes on the mat. We can do it anywhere we are. And the, in my, um, I made a 90 day challenge on all these little things that we can do that are not on the mat because like, like moms, we just, we don't have time every day to really devote to a full practice. So even doing the dishes, you know, sometimes I, I remind myself of mountain pose and grounded feet and tucked tailbone and rolled shoulders. You know, it takes 30 seconds of checking in with myself um, or tree pose just these little things that we can do throughout our day if we're, if we're intentional. And that way I wasn't beating myself up for not practicing because mm. that is a practice. I love that. And I think that's something that everyone needs to hear. All of you moms out there, you know that this is something I talk about a lot, but if it, even if that means, you know, you hide in your bathroom for an extra minute or two, it is okay. <laughs> so Oftentimes in life, you know, life teaches us the the best and biggest lessons through the hardest and most difficult obstacles. Um, Can you share a little bit about the lessons that 
that you learned uh, in your journey of dealing with, you know, being the caretaker for your family's health and while also realizing that you weren't actually being the caretaker for your own health? Yeah, so um, I just recently became a parent coach and this this has been i mean becoming me like you said uh and your your the, the name of your podcast is i didn't realize that this was a thing parent coaching mm-hmm. um it was like it, the biggest aha of my life no one teaches us how to be a parent we learn it through watching our own parents and it's just been such a journey to realize. So I went to school to be a teacher. I read all the books on behavior management and gentle parenting and positive discipline and all these things and trying, just trying and trying and trying. And um, when you become a parent, you, you don't, you, you try to implement these things, but you have this conditioned parent inside of you. Um, so I just went through that, the, the certification and realized there's this other part of me that I didn't know existed. This little, the little one in me, the vulnerable one, not the responsible driven, take care of everybody one but the vulnerable child in me that didn't have a chance to feel everything, all the emotions. And now as a parent coach, I'm, I've been working through a lot of my own emotions, things that get triggered through my, my children's behaviors. And how do I sit with those more and more? How do I sit with all that emotion that comes up more and more? Um, do you have a piece of advice for those listening on how they might be able to sit without emotion themselves? So in my coaching, um, we have a practice called safe seating. And if you think of the game of tag where everybody's running around, like having fun and the tagger comes and comes to tag you, there's a sense of panic at first that you're about to get tagged, we feel that stress response. This safe seat practice is like going to the base and tag. Um, We need to find that safe place in us so that we can look at our parenting from a place of safety. Mm. Oftentimes our kids with their behavior, we're feeling tagged. We're feeling stress and anxiety. we're not sure what to do with their behavior. If we can go into this safe seat practice and my mindfulness has helped me so much with this to kind of look at the situation from this safe base and then re-enter in a different place. Um, yeah, that's really where the work is. And it takes so much practice, like I've said earlier. Um, and that's what, I, that's what, it's really great to have a coach for if this, yeah. is, if this is something that's really difficult to be doing. It takes time. It's not like we just decide to do it one day. Um, 
it's building that muscle of awareness in, in our, in ourselves and in our parenting. Mm, awareness, my favorite word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's in every, in every area of life, awareness is the key. Cause if you don't know, how can you, you make adjustments? How can you move forward in the right way? Taking that time to just sit, like, to slow down, to speed up. That's what I call it. <laughs> yeah. And as a teacher, we were teaching the kids to do it, right? Um, we had like calm down areas or the peace corner or whatever you want to call it. And I tried to implement that in my house. That didn't work for me. Um, because it was like I was pushing and pulling my kids to do a certain thing for, you know, what I read in a book. Go right. to calm down, go calm down. This is the stuff you can play with and, and rest or read a book. I needed to do that for myself first, mm. right? And, and um, it was just such a huge self-awareness that I had. I was like, wow we are not taught to do this for ourselves as moms or teachers. We're trying to teach the kids all the time. And did that really start clicking for you once, once you did start some of these practices for yourself or when you realized that you just were, didn't want to continue down the path you were going down? Um, you know, we always see that as an option. Um, that's what, what we're told, put on your oxygen mask first or calm your own storm first and then mm. help your children. Right. But when you're in a triggered state of emotion, and like we said earlier, the body sensations are coming before the mind, mm -hmm. right? So like I was being really reactive with my children. And when I started seeing the anger more, and being rough, like I never wanted to be uh, put hands on my kids. That was never gonna be part of my parenting. When I started realizing that part of me, I knew I needed something else. Um, I had, I needed coaching through that. Like, how do I leave my children in that moment and take care of myself? Yeah. That felt like a foreign concept. Um, and yeah, it's not leaving, it's not leaving them. It's taking a moment to collect yourself, to check in with yourself, to be aware and then come into an adult capacity. Cause really that anger was my little one in my, like my little child inside me. Yeah. I call them my, so my, the big me is the big higher voice. And then the little me is the, the little the little voice, like, like you're saying. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. So <laughs> if you could, if you could tell a parent who, or yourself, your, yourself, before you started um, going on this journey. And I know that having a coach and having support and having that, those kinds of resources is going to be the best way. But outside of that, 
what is what is one piece of advice uh, for those who are who are feeling like they are living in that state of stress and anxiety and and pushing that onto their kids and in turn transferring their trauma to their children? What is just one thing that they can do maybe today? Um, well, first of all, taking a moment when you wake up to check in with yourself. Um, that, that awareness piece, checking in, how am I today? How do I want to show up today? Did I sleep well? Am I going to be, you know, tired? Do I need to give myself grace? Is it going to be a day that I need extra rest? You know, checking in with yourself so you know how you're showing up that day. Mm with what ener whatever energy you have. And then what is the most important thing is that we just need to tap into the love, the loving kindness for ourselves because everything that we come to in our life needs to come from a place of love, right? So when we are showing up with our children in a place of judgment, we're either thinking about their future or their past and we're not fully being present in the moment in a loving way, mm. right? So we're trying, we, we really, really want them to be successful in the future or, um, you know, we're judging a past mistake they might have made or the way that they usually handle things. If we just look at every moment from the present with love, we can really show up in the way that we want to show up. That is something that I have found to be true too. And when you look through the lens of love, at least I've noticed this, but you're able to identify the root of the problem a lot better, at least what I've noticed with my children, because a lot of times your kid might be having a tantrum and if you can just be a little bit more present, you can pick up what's going on. Maybe the concrete is hot beneath their feet and they don't have the verbal ability yet to tell you that. So they're yelling, you know, I've seen instances of this all the time. Yes, for sure. And um, yeah, there's these, these underlying um, beliefs that we have that we need to, we need to help, we need to solve this or fix this right away. Um, and that's our role. And oftentimes they just need to feel something. I mean, not the, not the hot, not the heart hot pavement, but they might have to feel some strong emotion before they're ready to move on. Yeah. Man. So could you tell, so, so you started your kind of parenting journey. Can you tell me how long ago that was? Um, my daughter just turned nine. Okay. So, or your parent coaching journey, I apologize. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, I just started this year, my parent coaching journey. However, as a teacher, talking to the parents was something I love to do. I would write you know, newsletters kind of help, you know, parenting tips or behavior tips. Um, 
talk to them whenever I could pick up drop off or um, parent conferences. I really enjoyed working with the parents because it was really hard. Like it needs, it needs a collaboration, right? It's, it does, it takes a tribe. Like they say, it takes a tribe to raise a child or takes a village, takes a village. It does. It does take. So a I was always a collaborator with the parents. Um, yeah, and that's that's really important to me. Yeah. So, you you kind of have you've told us a little bit about where you are um, today and kind of what you have going on, um, helping parents, right? Um, but I want to hear hear more about your personal parenting journey. Let, um, let's bring it back back to where you are. I saw your little guy um, mm-hmm. come on earlier <laughs> on the screen. How have, how have you felt, maybe since it sounds like you have a nine-year-old and I saw a younger guy there as well, how has the shift been um, with parenting the then since you have been working more on healing yourself? Um, it's been a really great shift. So my little guy's five. Yeah, my daughter is nine. And as when you want your children to show up in their own self-awareness and all the glory, <laughs> all the emotion, um, I, I knew that was a priority in my life, but I didn't know that I didn't have the adult capacity to really deal with all the emotion they were going to bring for me. So as you know, (laughs) I could go back to baby infant. So easy for me to say present. They have such needs. Uh, It's not, it's everybody, every parent has different um, stages that they really connect to, or they can stay present with. Um, Babies were one of them because I knew I was gonna give as much as I could. And that was easy for me. Uh, Toddlerhood, when they start to fight back, they start to have major desires, right? They show you all their needs. Oh, I did not sit well with me because I wasn't I wasn't owning my own desires and needs. So when they came to me with theirs, oh, it was really hard. The really hard emotions that they showed. Um, And to shift now to this early childhood area, I was ready to, I was ready to work again, like more work Um, that they're in, moving into more independence and uh, it's been a, it's been really quite tricky because I want to put my own values my high values are are my are my work and it's one of them and I had to own that wow I do value my work and that I can do that and be a parent at the same time and that doesn't take anything away from them. And so I've been happier. So they've been happier, (laughs) you know, um, that really trickles down. 
I mean, because you have to, I, I know it's so cliche and you brought it up before, but the whole oxygen mask thing, if, if mama isn't taking care of herself, your babies feel it. Everyone in the household feels it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's, it, it's been difficult to navigate the change. I st- it still comes up for me. I have to use my safe seat practice that mm-hmm. I in coaching when I have a need, like even this interview, right? Like I have this need for work and it's even hard for me still. It's a trigger for me to ask for support and help from my husband. So all these little things that I have to daily moment to moment sit with in awareness and show up in my love, right? Not my judgment. <laughs> like, oh, you should, you should just be able to take the kids when I say, or, you know, who am I, or who am I to ask for help? You know, I'm the mom. I'm, so, you know, all those things we tell ourselves or we beat ourselves up for. I should be the one taking care of them, not working. Um, I have to be aware of those all the time to yeah. continue to live in my highest value. And honestly, you guys, awareness, it truly is like the biggest key to success in everywhere of your life. You know, taking that time to take inventory of what are those thoughts? Just as Tanya is explaining here, what are those thoughts that are going through her mind when she has to do those things? Do those thoughts serve her? Are they going to move her in the direction and her family in the direction that she wants it to go? And it sounds to me like that has been your greatest conquest has been just learning the art of awareness, not saying you got it right all the time, not saying you're never going to be stressed out and maybe snap at your kids, (laughs) but you're just, you're learning the art of awareness. And that is truly the greatest gift that anybody can, can achieve because it'll help them grow. Mm, That's what life's about. (laughs) I love that the art of awareness. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I was, I was really trying not to own my, my anger. Mm-hmm. Like I packed it far, far away. But when I am aware of my anger, that's where I can do the biggest um, healing work. If I, cause I tried to ignore it for years. I'm going to be a positive parent. <laughs> you <know>? but <laughs> anger is a normal emotion it's a it's a you know it's gotta come out sometimes ah I love that you just said that thank you (laughs) thank you for saying that you guys see someone else agrees with me the power of the dark side we are human we have all of the emotions and and I love that you are teaching children that it that as well because children need to be able to understand what that angry emotion is because it's confusing yeah it feels unsafe it felt unsafe to me to feel it yeah how are they gonna learn unless there's adults showing them how can we safely express this feeling yes and that the more that I am aware and I am safe in those feelings the more I can um sit with my kids in those feelings and not be so uncomfortable 
Um, it's still really tricky. Uh, I have a heart, I get real triggered. My daughter is one, is very, um, she just has a lot of big emotions and I want her to <laughs> feel them because yeah. I did not feel them as a child, but it does not mean that I, that it's easy or I'm perfect. Um, I still fly off sometimes and say things that I regret. And then I have to be aware of the feeling, you know, the feelings that I have after that. Yeah. We're not going to always do what we, what we think we're going to <laughs> perfect. There is no perfect mom. <laughs> I'm curious, Tanya, I would love to know um, when you do, you know, f- fly off or when you do have a, a quote unquote bad parenting moment, how do you, how do you handle that? Or what do you do afterwards? Once you have the awareness that that wasn't the way you wanted to handle the situation. So, um, I'll tell a quick story because it, we were outside the other day and my daughter loves to perform and sing and she's directing and she sets up the music and she wants it to be a certain way and my five-year-old son wants to be a part of it and not the way that she has envisioned. So um, he came over to dance beside her and she said, you need to be on the grass over there in the audience dancing, not next to me on the stage. He did not like that, of course. Um, there's There's a quick impulse reactivity from my daughter to hit him or push him, then he's hurt my instant reaction is to um, soothe the hurt one, right? He's got hurt, he was hit or pushed. Um, She had her own needs, but I soothe the little one, he's hurt. Of course, she runs away screaming and crying because he got the attention and that I, I let her cry it out or not let her, but I give her time to do that. And I go and check with her and she's not ready to talk. She's in the feeling part of her brain. There's no critical thinking going on. She's like, no, I don't want to talk, you know, getting angry. You know, I'm not taking it personally. Of course, I'm going into my breath to calm myself down. Um, and then when she's ready to talk, finally, I tell her, you know what, I come from a place where I was the oldest and you know what, I had really high expectations for myself. And I think I had high expectations for you as well in that moment that you, I, I, I really expect that you're older and you're not gonna hit somebody. And that's not really fair because you were really feeling, you know, whatever she told me she was feeling, I don't like to tell her what she's feeling, right? We don't like mm-hmm. that. Um, but just coming from a place of like, this is where I'm at. I'm really sorry. I should have given you a hug too. Are you ready now for your hug? And so we hug it out and it just takes so much time, which a lot of time we don't give, right? Mm -hmm. We're just like ready to move on. Um, and she was able to process the emotion in her way, not my way. Um, and it's just about asking questions. We, we, we read about active listening. We just have to listen to what they're saying rather than, I know I said I came with my backstory, but I really listened to her first. And then I was like, 
yeah, I was unfair because I think of you as the oldest and I think of you this way and that's not fair. I love that. That was beautiful. You guys, Tanya is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So Tanya, I want, I know that people want to hear more about you and, and what is motivating you right now? What like to help these other parents, you just, what's your biggest motivation? Goodness, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this recently. This is, today is my, no, wait, no, it's tomorrow is my mom's birthday. And she died, uh, her death anniversary was um, a few days ago. She died four days before she would have been 60. Mm. My mom is like a really big motivation for me because she didn't take care of herself. She wanted to be the best mom she could be. She loved so hard. Um, she went through phases of trying to, you know, exercise, trying to eat healthy, but she didn't take care of herself. And uh, ultimately colon cancer took her life before she turned 60. And on her, you know, deathbed, whatever you call it, she was still talking about mama guilt. I'm so guilty. I'm leaving you guys. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Nobody should be feeling mama guilt. Like we need to be showing up in whatever we have with our kids. And um, so that is really my driving force is I wanted to, you know, heal my own, my own things. And I worked through it and There are going to be times when I don't, I'm not happy with the way that I acted with my children, but I'm learning to process that so that it's not held as guilt in my body. So it's really not healthy. Yeah. And um, I want to share those processes with other parents, especially moms. Yeah. And when you've, when you have felt, I know that this is, that's like one of my driving factors as well as when you have experienced the pain of that, of that scenario and that problem, and you find uh, some things that have helped you, it's, you want to share them with everyone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I, I want to end this generational stress cycle. Like, Mm. If we start with moms, you know, our kids are going to um, advocate for themselves and they're going to have that awareness. Um, So it's going to start to trickle down and through the generations where I'm ready to put an end to this, you know, (laughs) the stress cycle that goes through the family. Yeah. And it, and it is generational and, and the more people that are out here doing the work that you are doing to help heal their own families. Um, and in turn, that ripple effect is so much beyond what we can even imagine. Every child that your children interacts with is going to feel it, you know, Everyone that you speak to is going to feel it. Everyone that sees you in public interacting with your children is going to see it. The ripple effect is just absolutely massive. What can happen? And that change can happen inside 
of yourself, starting in yourself, rippling out into your children and your family and your community and everyone else who interacts with you. And it's beautiful. Yes, the ripple effect. And one of my favorite quotes, be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm -hmm. All right, we're getting close to our time. Uh, But Tanya, if there is one final thought that you could leave with our listeners today, if they're only able to get one thing out of this entire hour, um, what do you hope that people take home and can sit with right now? There is only one you in this world and you have to put yourself first, which means you need to find love for yourself. Mm. Yeah, and that, that can be really hard. It takes a lot of inner work. Um, but love, loving yourself, compassion for yourself. Mm, compassion. That's a beautiful word as well. Mm-hmm. So Tanya, where can everybody find you? You've been talking about all of your amazing stuff that you got going on. She teaches uh, family yoga. She has her parenting um, and she has a bunch of free resources on her website. I know for parents and a 90 day challenge. Where can everyone find you and keep up with you and all of the good stuff? Oh, yes. So my website is www.tanyamilano.com. You can get into my Facebook group from there where all these free challenges are. Yeah, 90 days challenge is really great for body awareness. We go through 90 days of different, different techniques and they're so short, you know, five to 10 minutes and you'll take them for the rest of your life. They'll build them into you your life. Um, I have courses on my website. Uh, Reclaim your body, transform your mind is a wonderful one for, for parents to start with. Um, It's a five week guided course through a lot of these things I've been talking about. If you don't know where to start with mindfulness and yoga, it's a really great introduction to that family yoga clubs there. Um, It's a year full of yoga for the family. Um, two separate, two separate courses combined into a club. So I do a monthly full moon class for the adults. It's all in there and kids yoga with nature themes. Um, it's a, everything is so Ooh, that's, I'm going to have to, we might have to try some of that out with my daughter. We did some yoga kids yoga before but we need to find some new ones so i'm gonna have to check that out and you guys as always all of tanya's links will be in the description down below so make sure you check it out sign up for her yoga classes join me and my daughter because i'm gonna sign up and um and go ahead and go and give her a follow on her social media channels as well i'll drop her links her social handles in the comments below or not comments the description below (laughs) And I want to say one more thing about the parent coaching. I have group coaching available um, and I'm developing a parenting course that's going to have all of this into one parenting course. And it's going to be 
awesome lifetime access to weekly coaching um, with me and all these gentle strategies and lots of experts are coming in parenting. Oh, beautiful. And you'll have um, an additional information about that coming up on your website. Yes. In the next few months, I'm going to have a waiting list and it's going to be, um, yeah, starting in the fall sometime. So, yeah. The Facebook page is the really, the Facebook group is really where I really announce everything. So find my Facebook group, Instagram as well. Yeah, you guys go and follow her so you can keep up to date with all of her yummy, amazing um, resources and goodies coming out for parents since it sounds like she's just, Tanya's just getting rocking and rolling with her offerings to the world. So I'm excited to see what else she has to come. Make sure that you are subscribed, following all of her channels, join her group and check out her website for her free resources. Thank you so much, Tanya. for tuning into today's episode of the Becoming the Big Me podcast. I know that you found value in hearing this story today, and I would love if you could show your support by going and grabbing a copy of our book, and you can do so by going to bit.ly slash greatconquest. You can also go to www.thegreatconquest.com for more information about each of the individuals involved in this process. Thanks again for tuning in.